Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. With these words, our Lord encourages us to pray to our God and Father, promising that He will hear and answer. This is fitting encouragement because this Sunday, the fifth Sunday of Easter, is the day that we start to pull away from the celebration of our Lord's Easter toward His ascension, which is on Thursday. When our Lord ascended to the right hand of the Father, the disciples were left behind to continue His ministry. But with this promise, they can pray in whatever need and know that their prayers will be answered. So will ours. The Latin title for today comes not from the introit, but from Jesus' words. The title is Rogate, which means ask. In the Old Testament reading, our text today, we see an example where God's people have their prayer answered. In the wilderness wandering, the people sinned by grumbling against the Lord and against Moses. As discipline, the Lord sent serpents to bring his people to repentance. When they realized their sin, the Lord answered their prayer with the bronze serpent. The serpent was placed on the pole so that the people might look to it and live. Christ, who is the true serpent on the pole, was lifted up for us on the cross. He bids us look to him and live. The events in our text today take place during the wilderness wandering. It seems that some time has passed since the people left Egypt. They've already sent spies to the promised land and refused to enter, Moses' siblings, Aaron and Miriam, have both died by now. By now, the Lord has continued to provide for his people with the manna from heaven, with quail, and with water from the rock. Just before our text, earlier in Numbers 21, the Lord granted victory to his people over some Canaanites who had been running raids and taking Israelites captive. However, the Holy Spirit speaks by Moses. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient along the way. You're right, if you think that by now God's people continually grow impatient and doubt His provision in the Old Testament. The text says, The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Remember, this is after the manna, after the quail, and after the water from the rock. God has been with his people all the way up to this point, providing for them. He, he fed them. He defended them. How do his own people repay him? By questioning him and loathing him. 
When you loathe something, you, you hate it with the very core of your being. And that's how the people felt about God, about the manna, about his servant Moses. In short, the people had fallen into unbelief. The lack of faith in their hearts led to their words, their actions, and their general attitude toward God. The Lord disciplined his people for their sin by sending fiery serpents, the text says, uh, poisonous snakes of some sort. The snakes bit the people, and they died. This is a pattern that we do see among God's people of old. Periods of unbelief resulting in contempt for the Lord's word, doubts about his provision, loathing what he does give, and other forms of sinful living, or as the catechism would say, great shame and vice. This was a pattern in days of old, but, but surely it is not the case now, is it? Let's not move on from this so quickly. Many of us, by God's grace, have, contrary to logic, been strengthened in the faith through this pandemic. This current strength in our faith, though, has not and is not always the case. You see, we too have doubt of God's word. How often have we read something challenging in Scripture and then rather than say with a full and joyful heart, Amen, we put it in the lowest filing cabinet in the back of our minds, never to be drawn upon again. How often have we read Scripture and, and disliked what it says? How often have we done the opposite of what our Lord commands, and then liked it. We have doubted the Lord's provision. In Bible study this week, we talked about the Lord's Supper, how it is our true daily bread and, and our nourishment in this life. Have we always thought thus? Have we always treated the sacrament as a treasure? Or do we see it as a burden? What with all the, the setup and the the takedown, and then having to be faithful in our practice of the Lord's Supper, even though sometimes it may be uncomfortable. We all go through periods where, where we think like this. And maybe you are in one now. The Lord doesn't always send serpents, but we receive the same discipline for our sin, death. The patterns we see in God's people of old continue in us, God's people now. And we receive rightly the punishment for our sins and death. Just as we see patterns in God's people of old that continue now, so we see that our Lord acts now as he did then. The people learned from the serpents that they had sinned and they were brought to repentance. They asked Moses to pray to the Lord, to ask the Lord on their behalf that they might be forgiven. 
The Lord heard and answered their prayer. He said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses did. He made a serpent and he put it up on a pole. Whenever someone was bitten by a serpent, they could look at the bronze serpent and be healed. When they were bitten and brought to repentance, they would look to the serpent, trusting in God's promise of healing. And by faith, they would receive the same. The bronze serpent comes up later in our Lord's conversation with Nicodemus. Remember John chapter 3? Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. The bronze serpent of old, which took away death caused by serpent, pointed ahead to the true bronze serpent, our Lord Jesus. He was lifted up on the cross to take away the eternal death caused by sin. He was lifted up so that our doubts, our mistrust, and our contempt for the Lord might be forgiven. Apart from his lifting up, we would be, in the words of King David in the Psalms, like those who go down to the pit. But in fact, Christ was lifted up for us. In days of old, those who looked to the serpent were healed. They were healed not by magic, but by faith. Faith is what led them to, to look at the bronze serpent in the first place. It is the same with Jesus. When we are brought to repentance through the knowledge of our sins, and today in this service we've spoken the Ten Commandments together, when we are aware of what punishment deservedly awaits us, Christ bids us look to him and live. The bronze serpent cured the people of illness, but those who look to Christ receive eternal healing in the forgiveness of sins. There's a hymn that we sometimes sing that it ties this all together very well. It came to mind as I was writing this sermon. You may not have thought of it, but maybe you'll recognize it. You would if I sang it. It goes, The law reveals the guilt of sin and makes us conscience-stricken. But then the gospel enters in the sinful soul to quicken. Come to the cross, trust Christ, and live. Look to the cross, trust Christ and live. The law no peace can ever give, no comfort and no healing. May the Lord grant that, that we, being brought by the Spirit to know and lament our sins, might by the same Spirit look to Christ, who bore our sins for us. May we ever learn to look to Him and live Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.